Hello, and welcome to the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Wickles Pickles. I am Hunter Johnson of the Tuscaloosa News, and I'm joined by Cecil Hurt, sports editor of the Tuscaloosa News. Cecil, how are we doing? Great, Hunter. How are you today? Doing doing well, doing well. Um, still doing the whole work from home thing. Um, re- kind of ready to get back in the office, but it is kind of it's kind of nice being able to have PGA live on the uh, on the screen while I'm doing my work. So. Um, so we wanted to kind of just go ahead. They're they're in Memphis this weekend. Yes, yes, at TPC Southwind. It's the WGC that's there. Um, Justin T's off later this afternoon. This won't matter because y'all won't listen to this till tomorrow anyway. But um, just kind of wanted to you know talk about you know some some things that have happened with Alabama basketball. There's really no update on the petty situation. But kind of want to talk about that and you know some things that could be happening based on Greg Burns' email yesterday. And then we also, um, at the end of the podcast, we're going to just kind of talk about the 2002 Alabama basketball team. We're going to do this in the next month or so, just kind of go back and talk about some teams um, and, you know, some special games, players, um, events that happened along those scenes. We'll probably do 04, probably do 06, um, just because those are probably the two that I know the most about. Um, yeah, so you had a, a tweet last night saying that um, Petty is working out with the team. Um He's in Tuscaloosa. Uh, that sounds like a positive thing, I would think. Um, I think it is. Obviously, it's better than him being in Huntsville, even even if he hadn't made his mind up. And I don't make John's decisions for him, um, and neither does anybody else. He's a grown man. He can make his own decisions. But um, I think he at least is keeping his options open by working with the team, going through the drills, knowing what to do. Um, if his decision is to stay in school, um, which he has to decide, um, by Monday, I think. And so, you know, if he, he, he can still go, I mean, you, you can work out with the team and still go, but, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And, um, so it's certainly smart to, to at least keep the, that option open and we can, at least say, well, we can't say, well, he's going to do this or, oh, that means he's going to do that. Um, you can say that he's uh, around, he's available, he, he's got that kind of, he, he's probably getting a lot of, probably no pressure. I, I think the guys on the team understand, but um, he certainly has a, uh, opportunity to to see what next year's team or this upcoming see i say next year um hopefully it's october's team (laughs) yeah hopefully it's october's team uh will look like and where he'll fit in and so i i think from all those standpoints it's positive that's not saying oh well that guarantees he's coming back right and I was, I was pretty pessimistic from the beginning as, I mean, I've, I've done that on this podcast, you know, pretty much saying that I don't think he's coming back. If he does, it's great. I, I've kind of moved camps now. I, I, I lean toward him coming back at this point. Um, of course I'm, I'm an Alabama basketball fan, so I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. Um, but I, I mean, just with him, with it being this late and him not saying that he's gone yet, I just foresee that in the next, you know, by Monday, I think that he'll announce that he's coming back. But I, I, I'm ready to get hurt again. Yeah, well, people people want to know. And and 
I think this is a true statement. I think if you ask Nate Oates point blank today, uh, he couldn't tell you for sure. You right. know, he, he would have a, he would have a lean probably one way or the other, but I truly don't think that they know. Probably, uh, probably leans optimistic. I would think with, with, with him working out, but you know, you never know. So, um, another it thing clearly, had, it clearly hadn't been an easy decision for John. It was an easy decision and the right decision. It was an easy decision for Kyra. Um, you know, it, it, it's not been an easy decision for John and that's understandable. And I went back, speaking of Kyra, I went back and watched, um, Saturday, I was just kind of bored and went back and watched some, some games from last season. We took, I, I feel like we took him for granted just how freaking good he was. We got used to it. And, you know, I hadn't watched him play in several months. So I go back and I'm watching these old replays, just how fast he was. It was just like, wow. I mean, I watched both Auburn games, um, the game at Vandy and the LSU games. Like I said, I was pretty bored. Um, right. It was just remarkable how fast he was. And he, yep. he, and I think you're seeing that with how he's climbed up a bunch of draft boards. And obviously really took a load of minutes, you yeah. know, just just was in the in the top 20 in the country in minutes played um, for, a, for, you know, a, a call it what it is, a skinny little guy, you know, mm-hmm. and he's taking on all those minutes. Uh, far more minutes than John Petty, for instance. And, and John played a lot. Right. Uh, and did have an injury. You know, Kyra, Kyra had to go out there and, um, you know, Beetle wasn't always healthy. Uh, Herb wasn't always healthy. So, so that you had to have Kyra on the floor. And, and I think people overlooked that a little bit. Uh, it's tough to follow Colin Sexton. That was tough. But I, I agree with you. I think that people um, really underestimated how how good he was. Right. Well, another thing we want to touch on is you know, Greg Burns' email yesterday. I'm sure everybody who's listened to this has read it. Um, it did not really specifically address basketball. It was mainly a uh, a fo- football related email. But you can kind of read between the lines on what he said and how it can affect Alabama basketball. And, you know, the biggest thing that jumped out to both me and you, as we've already talked about, is um, we're going to be at a budget shortfall. Even, even if we play football games this year, um, you're going to have reduced capacity. And so sure. that's going to be that's going to be less money that is coming in. And we're in the middle of a capital campaign right now, too. Um, so, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to really affect. So, I mean, right now, at least phase one of the Brian Denny renovation. But you can just kind of read between the lines and see how, you know, this is going to end up affecting Coleman Coliseum. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, without being a CPA, I, I can't make a dollar for dollar prediction. But I would say that the next $75 million that comes in from donations or, or debt service or you know, borrowing money, um, that would have could have gone toward phase two construction, which would have included uh, basketball renovation. Um, I think that money now just goes to to balance the budget for operating expenses. So right. I think I think 
Yeah, I'm sure there are people who could still make an earmarked donation and say, I really want this to go to basketball, but I don't think you can see much of that. And I think that's true. First of all, it's not just Alabama. It's, it's um, every institution in the SEC and ACC and Big 12, you know, they're going to have to tighten the belt and do some different things uh, from a budget standpoint. But, um, you know, Coleman's not been at the front of the line and the line just got longer. You know, it's just like they, they just, you know, like you're trying to get into to see the Avengers and they let a hundred people cut in front of you, you know? Right. So, so, um, I couldn't even begin to speculate and I haven't talked to, I have not talked to Greg Byrne about it. Um, when it would even be a possibility to, to start financing major construction projects of that level, I would say that the, the ones who, who, managed to to get in ahead of COVID and nobody knew there was going to be COVID-19, but the ones who managed to get in ahead, whether it was the football stadium renovations or the new softball renovations, uh, they're lucky that they did. Yeah. And we've we've kind of talked on here about how like the lack of a timetable on this is pre-COVID, the lack of a timetable on Coleman was kind of frustrating. Um, we didn't have a set date when you know, the shovels were going to go in the ground. Um, so it could be like it wasn't like the, the biggest priority. Um, and I get why they had to do the football first because that's how you raise the money. Like, I, I get that. But it's like it's pretty much become even less of a priority at this point. Because like you said, you got kind of pushed it back in line because you have very, I mean, very, very pressing needs upcoming. I will not be around for the 100th anniversary of Coleman Coliseum. But that's not to say that there won't be a 100th anniversary of Coleman Coliseum. At this point, I'm I'm convinced um, that that they're going to get 100 years out of it before they build a new one. Well, I'm okay with. I like the renovation plan if they do it the way that it's supposed to look. Um, the way I don't. I, I would rather wait and not cut any corners. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of what we did in in I guess 2005. Was I mean it was a, it was an extensive renovation, but it was more so, it was you know, thirty million I think it was more so lipstick on a pig when maybe you could have spent five and put the rest of that money away so that you know in two thousand you know fifteen you could actually have enough money to build a new arena, but that's bits and butts you know and, yeah and the, they, they the didn't do that we wanted to renovate so um agreed it's and and. Nobody, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming um, Greg Byrne or the trustees or or um, basketball fans or football only fans or anybody. Nobody knew what the impact of coronavirus was going to be. No, nobody would budget that. I'm not going to say that somewhere um, some some scientific think tank didn't have a pandemic plan, but I'm talking about day-to-day operations. Um, I, I don't know that they would say they, they wish they had delayed on football. Um, maybe not, you know, we'll see how that works out. 
there's a lot of money spent to to <laughs> it's and, and you know this is the truth it's it's exactly like all right i've kind of saved up that i'm, I'm thinking today because we're about to be at august 1st and okay i kind of saved up and and um so what happens on july 30th my car's in the shop so right uh, so much for that plan, you know, and so much for, well, I wouldn't have spent this if I had known. Sometimes you just don't know. And right. certainly in this case, you just didn't know. Um, the the one other thing I would say, I don't know what the future future is going to hold. Um, but if there was ever a um, argument, an argument for reducing capacity in indoor arenas. Um, this is probably a pretty strong argument. I'm not going to say, oh, um, you know, it's still going to be around in three or four or five years, but I just don't know that the the days of, of 15,000 seat arenas like that are, you know, I think most people would rather have 10,000 and more space. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I, and I think that's what the plan is. So, well, we're gonna get to a more positive note in a minute. Um, you all right over there, Cecil? I am. Swallowed a, swallowed some water wrong. It's not okay. A, it's not a not a crisis. Okay. A quick word on Wickles before we talk about the 2002 team. Wickles, wickedly delicious pickles, relishes, okra, and much more. Wickles are proud to be Alabama-owned and made using a family recipe 90 years in the making. From Saturday sandwiches to Christmas dinner, their secret recipe used to be reserved for friends and family who were lucky enough to get a jar. But since 1998, they've been bringing the sweet, heat, and bold and tangy recipes into your home. Learn more about them at wicklespickles.com and find them in your local store in the pickle aisle. Let's get wicked. Um, Wickles is also, I've tweeted about this, uh, running a special where they're donating to the No Child Hungry Fund, where if you make a sandwich and using a Wickles product in 15 seconds, or it's 10 seconds or less, I think I went like 13 seconds on mine, um, make a video of you making a sandwich in 10 seconds or less and tweet it at them. They will donate money to the No Child Hungry Fund. So, but our worthy cause. In that. Yes, very, definitely a worthy cause. So, Kind of talking about, you know, on a more positive note, the 2002 Alabama basketball team. And it's Alabama's last SEC title in either a tournament or season. Um, this was a regular season title. Um, a really, really fun season all around. Um, except, for, I mean, it could have ended better. But, I mean, I think an SEC title is something that, you know, obviously we haven't done it since. And it was the first one since, what, 91, I believe? So. Right. So a, a really big deal, um, you know, kind of talking about how Alabama was going into that season. Expectations were pretty high. Uh, you returned four or, you know, you returned three or four starters, depending on how you look at it. Gerald Wallace started some toward the end of the 01 season, but Kenny Walker had started the majority of that season at, the, at, at you know, one of the big spots. Um, you replaced in a point guard. But you had five-star Mo Williams coming in out of Jackson. Um, and then you had, obviously, Erwin Dudley back, Rod Rizard back, and then some other pieces, too. It was a really good class all around. Ernest Shelton was very highly thought of coming out of White Station in Memphis. Do you remember kind of how the – I remember being excited about it, but do you remember kind of like how you know, the media felt going into that season? 
Um, yeah, I think that there was optimism. You know, Mark, uh, and before we get started on 2002, and I know you probably want to do the, the same thing uh, with Mark Gottfried. I want to say this, and Mark and I, and particularly as Mark's tenure at Alabama ended, and, um, you know, we... <laughs> For whatever reason, we didn't communicate much after that. Um, you know, he had his thoughts about things, and I had my thoughts about things. Uh, but throughout, and not just in 2002, but I, I do not have people. People can judge him as a coach, or or however they want to judge him. Uh, but I do not have any personal animosity toward Mark Gottfried. Um, he treated me well. Uh, was was accessible. Um, um, I think he cared about Alabama. I really do. He had played here. Um, so this is not a, a bash Mark Godfrey, uh, session. And we're not going to have, I don't think any sessions like that on this podcast. Um, there's no plan I, to delve I, I, into the 08 or the yeah. 09 season. <laughs> well, right. Or, or whatever people want to delve into. Um, yeah. you know, it, those things existed. They're part of my job to, to report on different things and to have an opinion as to whether he needed to be retained as coach at the time that he was. But, but personally, um, I got along well with Mark Gottfried. I like Mark God. I still like him. I don't communicate with with him very often. Um, I've seen him a few times. Uh, you know, I'm not at many Northridge games, so I'm not going to, uh, just bump into him, but it, it's not it, none of this. And reviewing the 2002 season, um, none of this is is to have little sly snide remarks. Yeah. Snide remarks about Mark Gottfried. Right, and I would pretty much echo that. Uh, Coach Gottfried was awesome to me in my time. I was the president of his, of his pretty much fan support group, Mark's Madness, for three years. He was awesome to me. I had his cell phone. If I ever had an idea for something, I had his number. We would talk, um, got to fly on a few trips, charter trips with the team, got to go to the Virgin Islands with them, got to do just some really cool stuff um, that I wouldn't have been able to do if he wasn't, you know, if he wasn't like he was, if he wasn't as good to me as he was. And so I, I, I'm, I pretty much agree with everything that you just said. Now, toward the end, did I, you know, kind of, did, did I think it might be time? Yeah, for sure. But you also have to consider that the run that we went on from 02 to 06, four straight NCAA tournaments, um, that's, I mean, we hadn't done it since, hadn't made two in a row since. So it was a special time. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun time to be an Alabama basketball fan. I think so. I, I think that, that that's the <laughs> – it's like people – you know, analyze the, the life cycle of the fruit fly, you know, as you analyze the life cycle of the eternal Alabama basketball fan, it's to, to get excited about things and get right. excited about Mark or get excited about Avery or Anthony or uh, Nate Oates or whoever. Um, and, and those are good times. And, and 2002 was a good time. Uh, and then, you know, you get on the other side of the roller coaster and that's been the, that's been the cycle, but, uh, that doesn't mean that those seasons weren't fun, enjoyable seasons to, to cover. 
Um, I, I really, so, ironically, I have a fruit fly flying around right now, and Murphy is chasing after it. Um, so, well, she's trying yeah, to analyze it's, 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 She's yeah. trying to analyze its life cycle. So yeah, I think that's good. She's trying to yeah, trying to trying to end its life cycle, <laughs> if if possible. Yeah. So. so, but yeah, so getting back, expectations were fairly high. I don't think anybody. I don't think we were picked to win the league. Um, I think it was still more of a Kentucky Florida situation. I've, I and I went back and I've tried to find. A, a ton of like statistics and stories from back then, but like it was still like kind of pre, I mean, it was internet age, but like there's just not near as much stuff as you would want to find. Um, so you couldn't really find like right. preseason rankings and that kind of thing. But uh, I would have imagined that it was Florida and Kentucky that were probably picked. Um, yeah, I'm sure that that was the guy. And Florida was really good, um, mm-hmm. obviously, and Kentucky, and Kentucky was too. So that's that's usually a a safe assumption about the uh, about the polls and um, that sort of thing. So um, I'm trying to remember uh, again, man, the the years do run together a little on me um so but no i think uh, preseason ap poll in 2002 um 2001 2002 was um probably not the the sec poll uh was probably not um with alabama picked super highly um right so i i guess i want to say honor i, I want to say uh that they were like at the bottom of the poll like 24th uh to start the season because they had had a good season the year before um you know, and and in you're some actually, ways, you're actually dead on. You got the poll pulled up right here. Alabama, Alabama okay. was big. Well, I, I, I did, I did that from from not having it in front of me. But. Yeah, preseason number twenty four, and um, closed the season. You know, worked the way in the top five at one point. Closed the season. Eight. Yeah. So 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 started. You know, with with solid expectations and got everybody excited, and then of course got to the end and and didn't didn't make what were they at the end eight 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 yeah and didn't make the elite eight obviously so florida in that in that preseason poll was picked sixth and kentucky was fourth so um, um so there you go so yeah so obviously those two would have been the ones that were picked to win the uh picked to win the conference title um, Alabama was the only team in the West in top 25. So I, I imagine people probably thought Alabama was going to win the West. Um, opened up, had a pretty – I think Mark had learned from the prior season with his non-conference slate that he really needed to step it up. And he did that next season. Um, played Missouri um, in Kansas City. Also played Memphis in Kansas City. Missouri was number five in the country. Memphis was 12th. Um, also played UCLA in what was considered a neutral site game, but it was in Anaheim, so not very neutral. Um, won one out of those three. Uh, it lost to lost to Missouri and lost to UCLA, but so pretty good non pretty good non conference. Um, 
you know, won the rest of the games. There weren't a tough, a ton of tough tests. Other than play Utah at home, um, right? A, you know, a decent right. opponent. Also, uh, yeah. Notre Dame, and I think that was the Sugar Bowl Classic. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah, it was in it was in New Orleans Arena, so I'm assuming so. Yeah, because um, because the year before in '01, I do remember this. They started nine and zero, right, and didn't make the didn't make the field, um, right. Played in the NIT. And we're a, a um, very much a despite winning that, you know, they won 20 games before yeah. the select 21 games counting uh, the tournament. Um, but we're a bubble team and ended up in the NIT and then went to went to the garden. And, uh, yeah. Went eight and eight the year before, which normally back yeah. then, if you went 500 to league, you normally got in. Uh, yeah. And that old one team obviously was was um, with Gerald. Wallace. Right. So right. So um so a different team, but 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 they had gone nine and zero in the preseason and hadn't gotten in, to your point about the non conference. And I think schedule. that really that affected Mark a lot moving forward. He I mean, toward the end of his tenure, his non conference schedules were pretty tough. And not just from a yeah playing a lot of top tier teams. A lot played like I remember oh six playing a team like Winthrop who was really, really good. That was back when Greg Marshall was at Winthrop. And they were really, really good that year. Played some, like, good mid-major teams to kind of get the RPI up as well. I think he finally learned learned that throughout his tenure. Yeah, I, uh, I, made, that, I made that trip to Kansas City. Um, you know, they the played Missouri at, at Camper, yeah. Um, had, a, had a great meal at the Majestic Steakhouse, the old Majestic in Kansas City. They, I hope it's still there. may or may not be. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, but, but Missouri and Memphis, that was two tough games. I mean, and, and Memphis, they handled Memphis, Memphis. Memphis had DeWan Wagner. Yeah. And they handled Memphis pretty well. I did not go out. I, I, I guess, I, I don't know if it was football related or whatever. I did not go to that UCLA game at, in LA, um, yeah, it was, but, it was SEC. Uh, it was the same day as the SEC uh, championship game. Right, right. And um, even though Alabama wasn't participating that year, it was still. Um, and it actually, it actually would not have been. The didn't have a. Yeah. But, so that was on December eighth, and yeah. I bet you would have gone had it not been for the fact that September eleventh happened in two thousand one, and that pushed the SEC championship game back. Right. So that's why, right, it was the same, right. that's why it was the same day. That's you have a better memory of that than I do. But, well, I've got but a, I've got a I just in front of me. I just I just I just know which games I've seen in L.A. and which games I haven't. So. Right. Um, um, so coming into conference play, you only lost two games. You're looking pretty good. Um, this was also back at a time where. Alabama basketball winning on the road was a real issue. I think they won one road game the year prior in 2001, right. and that was uh, that was the Rogers Ard uh, jumping on the table game uh, on, when he jumped on press row. Which, if anybody has footage or a picture of that, I, I want that so so badly. Um, <laughs> you, you probably Brady might have a picture. Yeah, he he would have film. You know, Brady would have film. Well, Philip Pearson was the one uh, dragging Rod off the table. I was sitting there. Phil, I'm sitting Phillip there. I could, have, I could have grabbed. They were right in front of me. I could have grabbed Rod's ankle. <laughs> well, Philip does not and have I, any So I remember, and again, we're talking about 2001 now, but um, the LSU got Brian Bashara. 
came over and wanted to, and Rod wasn't wanting to fight, but they were, they had been drawing pretty good. So, um, the, the other thing, it was not one of those packed house, crazy LSU. There were 6,000 people there, but their students, students they, they will get on you. And in some ways when it's 6,000 people in there, it's worse because you hear them, um, more clearly. And they're right down on the floor. If you hadn't, you've been to games there, obviously, but if oh, you yeah. haven't been to a game there, um, it's a. They are right down on the floor. Right. So that season opened up with a win over LSU. I remember that, but that was kind of a rivalry at that point. Um, because of that incident, it created some animosity between the two programs. Um, and then, so you know, we're talking about the road thing. So then Vandy comes to Tuscaloosa, win that one, and then go down to Auburn. And correct me if I'm wrong, Auburn won 59-56. That's the Reggie Sharp game, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hits a three, like, from half court as time is expiring. We're, we're thinking, is that old beardy? He's thinking that we're going to get them at least to overtime. <laughs> um, and Reggie Sharp just drains one. And that was a, a not a – which Alabama's lost to a lot of bad Auburn teams in Auburn. That team went 4-12 and in the SEC. They were not good. No. Um, they weren't – uh, Alabama had a big lead in that game. Uh, then Auburn came back. Auburn was up. <sighs> Help me remember, Hunter. Auburn was up like 10 points with about seven minutes to play. And then Alabama went on a huge run and went ahead. Demetrius Smith hit a layup and put him ahead. And then um, with, I think, I think Irwin hit two free throws to tie it, I, I think. And then, um, then they come down and they have the, a few then, seconds, like, like three, two seconds left. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember. Was Reggie Sharp that year, or was it the year before? I think before? I'm actually looking at it more. I think it might have been the year before. I think but, that was the year before because you you've got me a little dis. Yeah. Oh one. Auburn was way ahead. Alabama came all the way back. Demetri. I remember Demetrius Smith hitting a layup uh-huh. and putting him ahead, and um. Alabama had it tied with about a minute left and turned the ball over. I can't remember how they turned it over. Um, Tariq and London probably Mar- to do with Mar- it. And then I think Marquise Daniels hit, hit his free throws. Okay. And, and uh, so you're then, Al- okay. then Alabama missed. And so, yeah. And Marquise Daniels is a good player. Yeah, he was. He was. By the way. So, um, the main, so I think the main, I think the game you're talking about was 0-1. It was. With it Reggie was. Sharp. And and, like I tell you, it's hard uh, well, to do this without box scores and just going on memory. Yeah. Um, like I say, I don't remember every detail, of it, but I remember Alabama's big run, and I remember because nobody remembers Demetrius anymore, but I always liked Demetrius. Oh, Demetrius you is know, great. Nice, nice guy. And, uh, and uh, he, he – um, He hit he hit the go ahead, but then th- there was a turnover late, and I'm pretty sure Marquise Daniels was Auburn's best player by far 
that mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he hit the two free throws. So the main point I was trying to make there is that Alabama was known as a team that could not win on the road. Um, I mean, Godfrey got a lot of crap for that. Well, then the next week, the next Wednesday, go over to Athens, Georgia, to play a top, the number twenty team in the country, Georgia, and I always I consider this to be the Reggie Rambo game. <laughs> this was right. this, this was the game where Reggie played just like out of his mind. Like I said, I don't I can't find a bot score from it and can't find even a news story from it. But it seemed like he had like he came in the second half and had like ten points. Right, I think that's. And was grabbing uh, boards. It, I, when, when I think of the Reggie Rambo game, I think of the one where he fouled out in seven in minutes. In Starkville. But yeah, in Starkville. But um, four fouls in the first half. <laughs> Reggie, Reggie, not afraid of contact. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I was at that Georgia game. I'm, I'm not going to say I remember every every single thing about that one. Uh, and it's it's sort of a transitional game to me. And you talk about winning on the road because uh, they came back home and and won a game, and then uh, then went to Kentucky. And um, I, I think that's the yep. I came think that's the memorable. Came back home and beat Mississippi State, and yeah. then go up go up on a Saturday. Had a, had the week off. And then go up to Rupp right. to play num- number eight Kentucky. Right, um, and, and and nobody giving Alabama much of a chance because, like you say, they didn't they didn't win on the road. Um, at this point, the rankings up to number uh, up to number fourteen in the country. But I mean, right. Clearly, but those, are, as you know, those are the kind of games that that um, Kentucky always seems to win. They always right. win that game. And we were probably a ten point dog going up there. I would that I don't remember, but uh, I would. That's right. That's just probably what I'm thinking. Um, and go up there and win 64, 61. I don't. I remember watching that game. I don't remember a ton about it though. Um. Yeah, they they um. It it was a slow tempo game. Mo played really well. Mm-hmm. Which is what you have to do. Um, Alabama led again. Do this for me. Alabama led most of the game, you know, and just just stayed. At, and you kept waiting, kept waiting. I do recall that for, being correct for for Kentucky to to hit that run, um, and Mo just kind of controlled the game, and uh, Kentucky never made. Kentucky never made that big run to uh, to get back and and win the game. So it, it was, yeah, and yes for that season, but also it was just a memorable. It was just a memorable game um, that that Alabama would go up there, pretty much control. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a super rally or a super you know performance by any individual i think erwin erwin played well mo kind of controlled the tempo um and they defend alabama defended pretty well 
Um, that Kentucky team, I'm trying to think. Tayshawn Prince. All right, I'm, I was about to list this off. Tayshawn, okay. Tayshawn, I remember. Fish, Chuck Hayes. Um, yeah, they were really good. <laughs> yeah, they were good. But so, so that was the point being that was a, a win that uh, made people think, hey, they could win this conference. Alabama could win this conference this year. Yeah, Alabama wins that game and goes all the way up to seventh in the country. Um, I forget to talk about this, but um, <laughs> get themselves to a position where um, after losing in Fayetteville, you've got three games left, Florida at home, Auburn at home, and at Ole Miss. Um, right. And the game against Florida was – it wasn't for the SEC title, but you needed to win it. Alabama did not clinch by beating Florida. Um but it it was the win. other game, like the Kentucky game. It was the other game against the big contender, right? You know, um, Florida comes in ranked eighth in the country. Alabama is sixth, I believe. Um, right. No, Al- Alabama is fifth. Okay, I don't have that in front of me, so yeah. I'll so, take your word for it. Um, I was at this game. I remember I snuck. I had a March Madness T-shirt. That my mom got for me, and I snuck into. Hey, I was at that game too. Snuck into the student section, um, and you know, and I I specifically remember in the first half them pressing us and us having like Irwin Dudley bringing the ball at the court, and it was like infuriating because we could. I mean, obviously, like that's not what Irwin does, and they were trapping us and just really getting getting us kind of out of our out of our rhythm. Um. And then so late in the game, Florida had the had the lead, I believe, the majority of the second half. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's um, because I think they, I think they, can, I think it was close at halftime, and then Florida came out and went on like a big run. Right, and that Florida team had Udonis Haslam, Matt Bonner, uh, Brett Nelson, Justin Hamilton, David, David Lee, James yeah. White. Yeah. Um, and so James, so you know. Alabama has a uh, let's see, I believe it was when James when James White went to the line. Did he miss? I, I think he it was the front end of a one and one. For, uh, Florida right. Had Florida had a one point lead. Right. I am Mo got Mo got the rebound. That's, yeah. I'll remember this sequence because it's probably the most famous, one of the more famous sequences in Alabama history. Certainly of recent memory because it's it's. Spoiler alert, you know, it, it ends with Petway's layup. Um, so, yeah, James James White missed the one when Mo got the rebound and brought it up. And, and you thought Mo was going to take the shot. Right. I, I did. Or, you know, try and get it to. But, but I thought, you know, Mo had the ball in his hands coming up court. I thought Mo would take the shot. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to remember how did how did Shelton end up with the ball? Mo threw Mo threw the ball to Shelton. Right. And I then you thought that. Ernest was going to take the three, right? Right. And so uh, he just gets trapped and does not. He gets what trapped. Uh, but by trapping, they left Pep wide open. Basically. Pep was initially up at the up at the kind of the corner three up, point right. Up, up, right. and was screaming for the ball. Right. And but Ernest couldn't see him. Right. It wasn't. It was pretty much perfect timing that Petway drives to the basket, 
Shelton kind of makes takes his pivot step toward the basket, just pretty much hoping that somebody's going to be there. Right. And Tur- can't wait. Tur- turns out to be one of the great assists in Alabama history. Right. You know, and because Petway's wide open. Yeah. Wide open and lazy. Yeah, and crowd goes crazy. Uh, but that's the that's the famous. Um, some people, for, for whatever reason, they, they want to put that um, on the Elite Eight. That, that, that was the Elite Eight team because Petway played on both teams, obviously. Mm-hmm. But now this was that was um, that Florida game, one of the more memorable games in Alabama history. Uh, but um, that Court was in two thousand. That was two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. Court gets stormed. I was I was a part of that too. They weren't holding them back that night. No. Um, uh, and so. <laughs> Then in typical Alabama basketball fashion. Yeah, no, that was that was the absolute pinnacle of the season. Yeah, I mean that was the the court storm. Didn't they cut down the net? No, they did not cut down the net until the next game was Auburn against Auburn. Yeah, they kind of kind of putzed around against Auburn. I thought only one by five. Yeah, Um, but but did cut down the net to clinch the SEC and in typical Alabama fashion. Yeah, but but everybody's still excited. They're still. a great positivity, and they go over and play Ole Miss and play one of the worst, you know, totally flat, didn't care, you know, semi. In fairness to them, didn't have anything to play for, really. Nothing, playing, for, tournament. playing for nothing at, at old Tad Smith um, and uh, got annihilated. Yeah, I mean, and Ole Miss wasn't. Ole Miss Miss made the NCAA tournament that year. They weren't. They weren't terrible. They had Justin Reed, um, Aaron Harper, Jason Harrison. Um, I mean, they were. They were. uh, They were pretty, and they're okay. Uh, But did not expect to go over there and lose eighty-four to (laughs) fifty-six. Just drilled. Just got. I, I cannot think of. I think I can't think of one positive to to say from that game um, um you know yeah i mean yeah among and, and that was that that was part of a stretch oh couldn't win in oxford because i hadn't won in oxford and, and um you know i didn't remember win, the, i remember fans going crazy I remember they had a little, like a Muggsy Bogues little point guard. Justin Harrison. Yeah. Jason Jason Harrison. Jason Harrison. Our student yeah. section chaining Webster whenever he had the ball. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, I think that I think that he had like, I, I literally think that that, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything that. A Hobbit had 15 points in that game. <laughs> so, uh, I think I think a Hobbit scored 15 points in that game for Ole Miss. That's how bad it was. And you you didn't know. Uh, and and by the way, Rod Barnes is a good guy. Rod Barnes, yeah. coach. Uh, I can't say enough positive things about Rod Barnes. Um. So so y- you kind of thought, all right, that's just a throwaway game. That, that's just a you know they they couldn't get fired up for it. They didn't have anything. To play for, so they go to the SEC tournament, and so open up the one seed. And this is back when they didn't seed it just one through twelve or, or fourteen. You had your West number one. Twelve. It was twelve. It was twelve. Right. Then, anyway. Yeah. 
So Alabama's the one seed in the West, um, matched up uh, against Tennessee in the first round. Rod, Rod, we didn't really touch on it. Rod had not played really well in SEC play. No, um, he had not. He had not had a good SEC play season in SEC play. But Rod freaking went off in this game. Insane off. I yes. mean, you like, can't. I think he had like 28 in the first half, I think. like just, It was, there was a stretch of about five minutes where when he got across half court, he was nailing everything. Um, one of those uh, guys in a zone, not his own defense, in, in his personal head zone. Um, just um, un, on that night, just just unstoppable. Um, um, he he hit that he hit that first one, and you could sort of see it coming. And he had, like you said, he had been terrible from three from for the most of the SEC season, frankly. Um, um, I actually, I, I googled this and found a, a write-up of this game. Yeah. A, a younger Cecil Hurt. I, I um, was there. Yeah. Yeah. Rod had 33, and your your lead was the Tennessee Volunteers definitely got the number of the truck that ran them over. It was 21. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, if if, he, if Rod and and you, you don't put this on, you know, guys a career performance, but yeah, in one stretch in the first half. I think he hit four threes and a layup or a dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he had 14 points in, in literally in two minutes. Yeah. L- literally in two minutes on the clock. Um, which kind of, which kind of stretches it out. <laughs> yeah. So with that win, you go to the semifinal and got really fortunate. That in the quarterfinals, I don't think Alabama went to any part of Kentucky again. Not in no, Catland. No, no, South, no. South Carolina, who was six and ten in the league that year, finished last in the East, upsets Kentucky in Atlanta. So right. you get a matchup with South Carolina, which you wanted, win that game by eight to set up the rubber match. Had split with Mississippi State that season, and you played Mississippi State for an SEC tournament title. I definitely remember watching this game. Mississippi State was pretty good that year. They uh. We're at three seats, um, finished second in the West, uh, had Mario Austin, Timmy, Timmy effing Bowers, as I call him, um, Derek, <laughs> Zim- Derek Zimmerman. Um, sure. Michael, oh, they had talent. Michael Lee Nursky, um, Ontario Harper. You can, you, can, you can say what you want about Rick Stansbury, but two things. He was going to have talented players, and he was going to have kids who never aged. That's those are two accurate, accurate things. And this was at the height of the kind of the rival album and Mississippi State rivalry. Yeah, because Mario, because of Mario, Mario and Derek Zimmerman too. You know, Mario, correct me if I'm wrong, had committed to Alabama, um, or at least was a guy that we felt very confident we're going to get out of York with the Sumter County High School. Um, Then he ends up. You know, going across the state line to go to Mississippi State. So, like, yeah, from like 01 to 06, this was a really heated rivalry. It went on. You had uh, Walter Sharp later on that happened. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was pretty heated. Um, I don't rem- I remember watching this game. I don't remember a ton about it, though. Um, you, what do you remember about this? Alabama lost, uh, I remember lost, the lost, end. 61 58. 
Yeah, Mo had a last shot and uh, didn't make it. Missed you it know, and we bowed. Not, not Mo's fault, you know, or, or not saying he cost anybody the game. Uh, but had a, had a pretty reasonable three-pointer, a little bit like Ron Steele's three against UCLA, three attempt against UCLA. Um, so it was um, just a, a disappointment, you know, again, because I really wanted to to beat State. And, and it won the regular season, but, but we're favored by the time the tournament came around. Um, they were favored. Um, so... And if you win that game, Alabama was one of like kind of like the bottom of the two. Alabama ends up with the two seed in the NCAA tournament. But if you beat Mississippi State for the title, that's another quality win. And if you don't lose at Ole Miss, yeah, and you might be a one seed. Somewhere. You might be a one. You might be a I remember, one seed. I remember going into it, everybody felt pretty confident that it would be a two seed. And more. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so open up, um, get sent to Greenville, which it sucks because it seems like the, SC, I mean, the NCAA tournament was in Birmingham like all the time. Yeah. And the year that we are really good and you know going to get sent somewhere close, or the, the closest regional spot is freaking Greenville. Um, right. I did, not, I did uh, not get to go. Yeah, I was there. And one thing, um, just an aside, just everything, um, more things change in some ways, the more they change, they stay the same. Uh, but there was a protest march, a flag protest march. Um, That's right, because they still had the Confederate flag there. They still had the Confederate flag, the NCAA. That was the last NCAA event that they allowed in South Carolina until the next time. And I actually was in Greenville the next time uh, when South Carolina won, got to play yeah, in Greenville like and won, ago. went to the Final Four in 16. Yeah. yeah. So, But yeah, there was a, had nothing to do with Alabama's performance, but there was, in fact, a... a protest march uh, uh, outside and, and right on the steps of the arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so a, a little different atmosphere, but um, just goes to show that, that history is a history is a flowing river, you know, yeah. and wherever you dip your finger in. So Alabama opens up with um, 15 C Florida Atlantic, um, the heavy favorite Florida Atlantic did not there. Uh, they won the A-Sun tournament, did not win the league. They finished third in the league. Um, didn't have any real. I mean, they had. They didn't have Sydney, any, Sydney Green, the old UNLV player was their coach. Yes. Yes. Um, but Alabama really struggled in that game. Um, I mean, not like. I, there weren't really I, I never thought like, they were going to lose that yeah. game. Watch it, sitting there watching it. I never thought they were going to lose. Uh, but um, you thought, um, boy, they didn't play very well. Yeah. Um, seems like Mo really, he was who did it for us. Um, yeah, Mo had 33 in that game. Right, right. Um, and you know, Rogers are kind of went back away. He only had six. But, yeah, Mo was really good at the line. He was um, 12 of 13 from the line. Um. So, but so you, you you win that game and you're, you're not like I mean down or anything. You're you're advancing, but in retrospect, it might have been a sign of what was to come the next game. Yeah, for whatever reason, just just not a taking nothing away from Kent, um, Kent State, but um, just just you know, you're 
if you're Alabama, you're a two seed, you're playing a 10 seed, can't ask for a I mean, they're the 10. They had upset the seven. Right. Uh, you know, to to get to Oklahoma State was the seven. Um, and so, because I remember that because I thought Alabama would be playing against Oklahoma State. You know, but um, it was Kent, and Kent, they dominated the game. Nothing I can say about the game. Uh, I think they were up 10, 10-ish at halftime, 10, 12. Uh, they were up by 12. Okay. And um, just just never let Alabama in the game. Mm-hmm. That team had um, Antonio Gates. Um, <laughs> Lose to a football guy, man. How, right. how brutal is that? Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, so – a really disappointing from from from. It's amazing because you still see the pictures and the highlights and everything of of Pet making the layup against Florida and the elation and the court. There was a court storming that day, no question about it. People talk about when people storm the court and when they don't. That was in the pre. That was in the pre SEC fine days, right? Uh, but um, it was all downhill from there. Yeah. Um, Kent State ends up going um, going on to the Sweet 16 and playing Pitt and beating yeah. them in, yeah. in Lexington um, in overtime. I remember watching that game and then ends up losing to, I believe, Mike Davis led Indiana. Right, right. And uh, made made millions of dollars for Stan Heath down there, down there along yeah, the way. He, yeah, he does that. And then the next thing you know, he's the head coach at Arkansas. Yeah. Um, which he ended up not having a great deal of success there. No, but um, made him yeah, some money though. It did, it did. So good for him. Yeah. But yeah, so it was a that was a. I mean, there were some great highlights of that year, and um, a, a fun team to watch. Um, yeah, Mo Williams, a great player. Irwin, a great player. Rod could be a great player. Um, one so, thing we, I don't think we I don't think we talked enough about Urban Dudley was a freaking machine that year. Sure he was. Like, sure he was, he was like a double oh, double absolutely. machine. SEC Player of the Year. Um, right. And I think it was not everybody knew at the end of the year that that Irwin Dudley was the SEC Player of the Year. Um, he just he averaged fifteen and nine. Um, yeah, just had a very very good yeah, season. and and they were. It's funny when you think of the team and you look at it and you say, oh, Grizzard was on that team and Ernest was on that team and Petway and Mo. Uh, they weren't a great three-point shooting team. I mean, they, they got the ball inside to Irwin as much as they could. And they really hit the offensive board. But Kenny Walker was a really good offensive rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we were the 288th best three-point shooting team in the country <laughs> See, that year. I didn't know the stat off the top of my head, but they were not um, – they they took a reasonable amount. Um, mm-hmm. Rod took a lot. <laughs> yeah, probably relative to anybody else. But it was still, you know, what Mark had been raised on a little bit in that wimp offense with Irwin and Kenny Walker down there in the post. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nobody really shot it great from three. Petway shot forty forty one percent. But like you know, Terrence Mead was only thirty three. Uh, Rod was twenty eight percent. Rod yeah, was Mo, hotter. Cold. Mo Mo was about the same. 
Mo was 26, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Irwin was just, he was obviously the, the star of that team. You know, a ton of, got beasts on the boards. Kenny could get boards too. We were a pretty big team because you started Rod at the three, who was six, eight. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, like, you know, you had Antoine, that team went, you know, about nine deep, ten deep sometimes when Rambo played because you had Demetrius yeah. Smith, Ernest, Pet. Terrence Mead and all those guys. So, yeah. Well, see, so I've been, I have enjoyed this. I did not expect yeah, to be a, it, an hour-long podcast. It's fine. I tried I tried to do it as much from memory as I could. I did have the pin palm just to, to keep my games straight from different years. Um, right. But the the game, the actual game stuff, stuff I, I remembered. And right. that, that year had some, I mean, beat Notre Dame. One at Kentucky, beat Florida. Um, so at, at a memorable, a memorable year. Made the SEC finals, uh, and yet in some ways, just because of the way the seating was and the opportunity that was there in front of them to, I think, get to the Elite Eight at least, um, kind of a disappointing finish. Right. Yeah. So. Well, look, guys, this has been the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast. Um, thank you for listening. We you know, get, Leave a review, please. If you like, there's another season you'd like for us to do this on, let us know. Um, but this has been the Bama Beat Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Wickles Pickles.